of WFAN. This is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this Tuesday, the 16th day of October. The NBA season gets underway. We'll do some over-unders for you a little later on. So we got those uh, for you, courtesy of uh, DraftKings. I'll run through the numbers later. Uh, Jane Levy, who does a good job, really good job uh, as a uh, biographer. You know, she's done books on Sandy Koufax and Mickey Mantle. She did a book on Babe Ruth that I told you about. I mean, I've had it since the summer uh, she, when, when I got the uh, the proofs. Uh, Babe Ruth and the World He Created, The Big Fella. This is a major biography. Um and a you know will be a major book. Harper Collins. This is a big deal. This book, and uh, she will be in Studio Three Thirty. This is her first interview on the book. Um, it's a major, major historical book. This book. This is a big deal. It's uh, on Babe Ruth. She spent years doing it. She talked to uh, you know she two hundred fifty interviews. She got stuff that no one had ever gotten before. She has a whole new edge on the whole thing, which I'll give you. It's 500 and, you know, 60 pages or 70 pages long. So it is a, a big book on basically uh, – it's a different slant on Ruth, which we'll get to uh, in a little while. She'll be joining us in Studio 330, so we'll do that. Um, and you will have the giant head coach with us at 5 o'clock. So Pat will be with us at 5 today. Giants are in the news because uh, – John uh, John Mara spoke at the uh, owners' meeting. He he spoke to uh, some reporters, and it was chronicled. Uh, most of the stuff that uh, that was sent to me was uh, from Judy Batista. But I mean, she, I don't think he was the only one. She, she wasn't the only one he spoke to. I think he spoke to others too. So I don't know. I'm not trying to slight anybody else who he might have spoken to, because I don't know everybody who was there. But in essence, you know, the headline was the comment, he made a couple of comments about Eli being a punching bag and it's not just Eli's fault and everybody has to play better and that he's embarrassed, which he obviously is. But then he uh, made the one headline statement that everyone jumped on and that was basically uh, to finally say uh, to Beckham, uh, I think he needs to do a little more playing and a little less talking. So in essence, there is finally about time that uh, somebody made that comment from a position of ownership uh, to Beckham saying he didn't need to talk to Beckham. He went on because everyone talks to Beckham and he has enough people to talk to. But he said, I think he needs to do a little more playing and a little less talking. And you know what? Truer words were never spoken than that. So, you know, maybe, maybe that snaps uh, that that snaps him out of it. Uh, and, of course, these reports that continue to surface, which I posed Eli yesterday about about the idea that there were people in the uh, players in the locker room who had lost confidence in him. Uh, I saw a couple of the players, uh, including a few of his wide receivers who came out. We have complete confidence in Eli. So you got some of that today, too. So you got the comment from the owner. The problem with all this is this. They're one in five. So you know what? Whether you are lessening the pressure on Eli, which will not be lessened anyway, nor should it be because he's the quarterback. He gets paid a lot of money. The idea is to win the games. The bottom is they're one in five, and they can't fix their problems. That's the problem. So, yes, did the owner need to come out and tell uh, Beckham in no uncertain terms to be quiet? Yes, he did, and he finally did, and maybe Beckham gets it, maybe he doesn't. That's John's problem, okay? John's the one who paid him. So, uh, you know, that's his problem. 
the bigger problem for you Giant fans and the bigger problem for Pat Shermer and his coaches and the players is that they are 1-5 in five and have no remedy to fix their problems. They can talk about how we're going to fix them. They can talk about how we'll go back to work. Well, great. They've said the same thing since week one, and here they are now at 1-5 and five as they head to Atlanta next Monday night. You've got to fix the problems. We know what they are. Fix them. That's what it comes down to. So talk for all of these guys is cheap. Now, they have to speak every week. We know that. It's the off the it's the other stuff. It's the other stuff that and the uh, stuff that comes from Beckham that has been the problem. But the bigger problem to me than more than the noise from Beckham is the fact that they've been lousy. They don't get the job done. That's the problem. They have not done the job. They have not identified. If they've identified the problem, they haven't fixed it. And I, I think they identified the problem because going all the way back to camp, the words that Sherma uttered to me that day, and he's uttered a million times, we will go as far as the offensive line will take us. They knew what the issue was, and instead it has continued to be an enormous problem. He's been sacked 20 times. You heard Eli yesterday make the point, hey, if I'm going to stand in the pocket longer, I've already been sacked 20 times. How many times do you want me to be sacked? And it's a fair point. So there's a million different ways to go about attacking the problem. The idea is to fix the problem. One thing you can't do in this league, though, is you can't keep changing personnel because you just don't have the ability to do it. There's no better – it's not like you can go and find or trade for offensive linemen. It can't happen. It doesn't happen. You know, when you have a bad offensive line, it usually lingers because guys get hurt and you don't have depth. Few teams in this league have depth anyway. Depth is something that went out the window. Uh, when they started having player movement and you started having salary caps, you started paying top players big money and you created a system where there was no depth because depth moved. In the old days, good teams were deep because they could pay their players and they could keep them around. Now, when you had player movement and a salary cap, you have players who go off because they can start somewhere else, and you don't have any depth because you overpay and you have basically weighted positions where you get a lot of pay and you don't have any depth to pay those top players. So it's a it's an enormous problem in this league. It continues to be one, and it is very hard to fix certain problems when they uh, – injury problems. Like in a team like Atlanta – which has got it had major talent. When you lose the kind of people they lost on defense, they can't fix it. Now they've lost too many tight games as it is anyway. We know that, but they can't fix the injury, the, the problems they have. They've lost premier defensive players and they just have no way to, to, it's not like they can just say, Oh, we can put another guy and plug them in. You can't plug them in. You can't plug in pass rushes. You can't plug in corners. You can't plug in players who play on that level. It can't happen. So for the giants, you know, we can tell you, you can sugarcoat it, but and they're not going to say it because they have to go back to work and play 10 more games. So they're going to say the same thing they're saying now when there's five games left. But for us, we know the reality. The reality is that they're going nowhere. They're going nowhere fast, and it's just going to continue as we, as we go forward until we see something that looks a whole lot different. Uh, we've seen glimpses. We've seen moments. Houston what should have happened in Carolina, but we've also seen Dallas. We've also seen what happened against Philly the other night, and it's been just pure ugly when we've seen it. So we got that to get to. As the NBA season opens here, 
There isn't a whole lot of optimism. Um, it's a new era with the Knicks, another one. But, you know, you don't have Porzingis, number one. You don't have a whole lot of talent, number two. The one thing I would say is I expect the team, you know, to play hard, to play unselfishly and to play hard. Is that enough? No. I mean, hey, it's enough to win a couple of games. You didn't, you know, you could steal some games. In this league, if you play hard and you are driven well by a coach and you buy in, you can pick up really eight to ten games just on hustle and grit if you want it. Now, it's not enough to get you anywhere near even 40, no less, get you anywhere near the playoffs. But it can be the difference between winning 22 and winning 32 if it matters to you. I mean, that's, it can be that. I mean, it's, but that's about all you can offer. The Nick number is 30. The net number is uh, 31 and a half. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot to be excited about. There is up in Boston where obviously they're thinking about going to a finals this year. The, the chalk finals is Golden State-Boston, as everybody knows. You know, you know, we all know who the other teams are. In the East, you're talking about Philadelphia and Toronto. And then you go from there, maybe you're Milwaukee, and take it down from there in Indiana, etc. On the West, you know who they are behind, uh, you know, and then you have Houston, of course. Uh, and then you try to figure out what you want to do with, uh, with the Lakers as they become the story because that's where LeBron will call home. Does LeBron... In his first year there, is he completely energized by the fact that every game he plays there will be an event? That's the one thing that will happen there because having been there many times, they love, love their Lakers in L.A. And the Stars love the Lakers. They all go to the games. I mean, it's been that way for a zillion years. It's never changed. They love the Lakers. It's an event there. And so his games will be big events. Will that motivate him with the team that's, I mean, it's okay with him. You know, listen, he adds, depending now, he's getting a little older, so you wonder. He's in the West, and he's getting a little older, so you wonder, does he add what he used to add? He used to add 40 games to the team. I don't think that's the case anymore in terms of how many minutes you can push him. I don't think that's the case considering the um, the opposition in the West. So maybe you take it and you put it that he can improve the team 20 games. Be a lot out there. What they win, what did we say yesterday? 34 yesterday? Is that what they won? 35? 35. So if they won 50, their number's 48 and a half. So if they won 50... I mean, I'm sure they'd be thrilled if he won 50 games his first year, and then wait to see who he brings in. I mean, that's uh, this is always this is really a two game. Uh, uh, this is really a two year story uh, because you know he, we're going to wait to see what he does, how he remodels, and who he brings in. You know, all the rumors and everything else. So that's where the NBA is. We got that. We got baseball doubleheaded today, off last night's game. Uh, the Brewers continue to. To shine, but right now, today, a uh, doubleheader uh, starting a little after 5 o'clock this afternoon. So, uh, first, it'll be the uh, Red Sox and the Astros. Avaldi, who is the key pitcher and the key guy in the series for the Red Sox, they will not win the series unless Avaldi pitches well. 
That's a given. He's their most important pitcher now. Um, and then it'll be Gonzalez against Hill as the Dodgers try to see if they can even the series uh, against the Brewers later on the night. So a 509 start in Houston, a 909 start for the Brewers and the Dodgers, and a couple of NBA games to kick off the season this evening. So you got all that too. As we said, Pat Shermer at five, Jane Levy in a couple of minutes. We'll get everything rolling right after this.